August 19th. And now, as we look into the New Testament, we'll be reading from the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 12, verses 1 through 26. An overview of this chapter, the Corinthian believers were especially gifted by God, but some of them were creating problems by using their spiritual gifts in unspiritual ways. Paul reminded those people of three basic truths. Now, the first basic truth is the fact that there is one Lord. The Spirit glorifies Christ, not Himself. The Spirit gives us gifts so that we can serve Christ and His church, for the profit of all, and not for our own selfish enjoyment. Have you discovered what the Spirit has given you? Have you thanked God for it? And are you using your gifts under Christ's Lordship? Another principle is there is one body. That's the second basic truth. See, as members of the same body, we belong to one another, and we need one another. The believers you think you can do without may be the ones you need the most. We must minister to one another and care for one another as one body. And the third basic truth is there is one danger. When a part of your physical body declares independence from the other parts, it starts to die, and you have to visit the doctor. Division in the local church brings weakness and pain, because no Christian can go it alone and be successful. Do you thank God for fellow Christians and seek to care for them? None understand better the nature of real distinction than those who have entered into unity. And with that, let's begin our reading today in the New Testament. August 19th, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 26. And now, dear brothers and sisters, I, Paul, will write about the special abilities the Holy Spirit gives to each of us, or I must correct your misunderstandings about them. You know that when you were still pagans, you were led astray and swept along in worshiping speechless idols. So I want you to know how to discern what is truly from God. No one speaking by the Spirit of God can curse Jesus, and no one is able to say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. Now there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but it is the same Holy Spirit who is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service in the church but it is the same Lord we are serving. There are different ways God works in our lives, but it is the same God who does the work through all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us as a means of helping the entire church. To one person the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another He gives the gift of special knowledge. The Spirit gives special faith to another. And to someone else He gives the power to heal the sick. He gives one person the power to perform miracles, and to another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to know whether it is really the Spirit of God or another spirit that is speaking. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, and another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only Holy Spirit who distributes these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up only one body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, 
Some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we have all been baptized into Christ's body by one Spirit, and we have all received the same Spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I am not a part of the body because I am not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, I am not part of the body because I am only an ear and not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? Suppose the whole body were an eye, then how would you hear? Or if your whole body were just one big ear, how could you smell anything? But God made our bodies with many parts, and He has put each part just where He wants it. What a strange thing a body would be if it had only one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some of the parts that seem weakest and least important are really the most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect from the eyes of others those parts that should not be seen, while other parts do not require this special care. So God has put the body together in such a way that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members, so that all the members care for each other equally. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. The Word of God recorded in the book of Romans, chapter 11, verse 30. You who were at one time disobedient to God have now received mercy. The story goes something like this. Long ago, in a faraway land, there was an old man in a small village. The old man was a Christian. He also had the reputation for receiving direct messages from God. One day, another Christian came through that village, a Christian haunted by his past. When people told him about the old man, he didn't know what to think and so he decided to try a test. He went to meet the old man. Then he told the old man this. He said, I'm a Christian, but for years I've been carrying the guilt of a terrible sin. The next time you talk to God, would you please ask him to tell you what that terrible sin was? The old man agreed. The next day the two met again. Did you talk to God last night? Yes, I did, said the old man. Did you ask him to tell you about my terrible sin? Yes, I did, the old man replied. And what did God tell you? In a strong, clear voice, the old man answered, He told me to tell you that he doesn't remember. When God speaks to you and me in the Bible, about his forgiving mercy through faith in Jesus, many times you and I do not fully grasp what he means. Just because we often cling to memories of sins from the past, we assume that God does too. But that assumption is wrong. Here is the truth. 
God was determined to wash away our sins of disobedience. He was determined to wash them away once and for all, and he did. He spilled the blood of his own son to do it. Then he raised him from the dead to assure us that the guilt of our sin is gone. But not only is it gone from our record, it is even gone from God's memory. As God has already said, I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. That's what God means by mercy. And that is the mercy we possess through faith in Jesus Christ. God of mercy, so often I choose to cling to memories of sins from my past, but you do not. Help me to absorb this truth. With your gospel, heal my wounded heart. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more devotions, please go online to whataboutjesus.com and click on Daily Devotions. God bless your day. Psalm 36, verses 1 through 12. We'll see as we read here... um, that man is wicked. David had seen a good deal of life and knew what human nature was like. He knew his own heart as well. But in this psalm, he shared a special oracle that God gave him. The sinner flatters himself that he gets away with sin. He lives on lies. As he plots against the godly, his words and his works are evil. But that doesn't even bother him. We'll also read about God's faithfulness here in Psalm 36. What a vivid contrast to the unfaithfulness of the sinner. God can be trusted always to do what is right. And the safest place in the world is under the shadow of the Holy of Holies. And we'll also read about the believer's blessedness. See, God satisfies His people with the water of life and the light of life. He protects from the enemy and provides for every need. The word pleasures in verse 8 is Eden in the Hebrew. See, when you dwell in God, you are in paradise. Psalm 36, verses 1 through 12. For the choir director, a psalm of David, the servant of the Lord. Sin whispers to the wicked deep within their hearts. They have no fear of God to restrain them. In their blind conceit, they cannot see how wicked they really are. Everything they say is crooked and deceitful. They refuse to act wisely or do what is good. They lie awake at night, hatching sinful plots. Their course of action is never good. They make no attempt to turn from evil. Your unfailing love, O Lord, is as vast as the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches beyond the clouds. Your righteousness is like the mighty mountains. Your justice like the ocean depths. You care for people and animals alike, O Lord. How precious is your unfailing love, O God! All humanity finds shelter in the shadow of your wings. You feed them from the abundance of your own house, letting them drink from your rivers of delight. For you are the fountain of life, the light by which we see. Pour out your unfailing love on those who love you, 
Give justice to those with honest hearts. Don't let the proud trample me. Don't let the wicked push me around. Look, they have fallen. They have been thrown down, never to rise again. Proverbs 21, verses 21 and 22. Whoever pursues godliness and unfailing love will find life, godliness, and honor. The wise conquer the city of the strong and level the fortress in which they trust.